Welcome back to The Wellness Connection with accurate health information you can trust. Once again, here are Roddy Iglis and Peter McCarthy. Welcome back to The Wellness Connection. Though it may seem unorthodox for a highly trained surgeon to go into the business of finding medical therapeutics to alter the course of nervous and immune system disorders, Dr. Kendall Stewart has spent years making his previous surgical expertise less of a necessity for his and other doctors' patients. He's a nationally renowned expert in neuroimmune syndromes and methylation, is a board-certified otolaryngologist and head and neck surgery, and received fellowship training at otology and neurotology, skull-based surgery. When he was only 20 years old, he began medical school at the University of Texas Medical School at Houston. He completed his formal medical education in ear, nose, and throat, and head and neck surgery at the University of Texas at Houston MD Anderson Hospital System, and continued his fellowship training from Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. His medical focus is on providing diagnostic testing and protocols for altering or reversing the progression of neuroimmune syndromes through modern medicine and genetically targeted nutrition. Dr. Stewart also serves as lead formula expert for neurobiologic supplements and V5 sports sciences. Welcome to the Wellness Connection, Dr. Stewart. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, hello. So, Dr. Stewart, you treat so many medical issues in your practice, but in a nutshell, what are the neuroimmune syndromes that so many people are suffering from today? Well, you know, the, the neuroimmune syndromes is kind of a catch term that I developed because what you really are dealing with in many of these abnormalities that people present with, uh, you're dealing with complaints of the nervous system and complaints of the immune system. But instead of trying to figure out what was really giving us a problem, what we really found out was that many of these people actually um, had an underlying condition that was affecting both of these systems. But because doctors didn't know what this underlying condition was, they wound up labeling these syndromes with by their symptoms. So fibromyalgia, migraines, autism, ADD, ADHD, Alzheimer's, dementia. You can just keep going down, you know, down mm-hmm. the named abnormalities. And really that created a problem because what the doctors were only intending to do was actually treat the symptom, which was the, and instead of getting to the base problem. So when you start seeing all these different uh, syndromes, you start recognizing that there's actually physiologic similarity between all of them. And so by looking at them as a group, you can actually take information or research or, or nutritional or treatment options and actually um, bring them all together or study the literature across the group, and you come up with a much more powerful uh, way to uh, essentially attack and assist in the healing of these disorders. Well, you know, you, you referred to symptoms that are associated uh, with neuroimmune syndromes. Uh, what are some of those, Dr. Stewart? Are they due to genetics, environmental factors? What's really involved there? Well, you just you just uh, opened a big can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But the symptoms that we really uh, typically are concerned with in most of these syndromes are something to do with pain, cognitive disorder, short-term memory, concentration, focus, uh, chronic infections, anything that really involves nervous system and immune system. So when we talk to patients, what we're really interested in, we like to hear their symptoms, but what we're doing underneath is we're trying to... uh, essentially take those symptoms and biochemically kind of funnel them back into a commonality 
where we can find out that there's something actually missing that we can replenish or replace. And by us being able to do that, um, we essentially understand the foundation of the problem. For instance, dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that most people know about, is responsible for focus, concentration, organization, short-term memory, but it's also responsible for sleep processing, fine motor skill, uh, seizure threshold, pain threshold, hormone regulation, and even mm. things like bowel motility, blood vessel compliance. And so really when you start to understand the biochemistry that's going on uh, underneath these syndromes, you really start to realize that um, by altering specific nutritional or, or functional elements in the system, you really have a broad spectrum of symptoms. And so you, you really are going to lose as a physician trying to just keep up with treating symptoms in these patients because ultimately you can't address every symptom. You have to go and address the foundation of the disorder. Mm. So would it be fair to say then that uh, you know, you're, you're actually taking a big-picture perspective when you're treating patients? Is that, would that be correct? Well, you have to. You know, the big fragmented care model of of medicine these days where you go to see one doctor for one particular area has just created a big problem, you know? So mm-hmm. you went to see a urologist, he only wants to talk about urology. If you go to see a heart guy, he wants to talk about the heart. Well, that's really not how this process works. Mm-hmm. You know, God uses nutritional supplementation of different types uh, and um basically has lots of genetics involved in how we process vitamins, minerals, et cetera, to um, he uses them for, you know, hundreds of different functions across the body. And so in methylation in particular, you're talking about the delivery and use of B vitamins, which are used by every cell in the body. Mm-hmm. And would you tell our listeners what is methylation? This is very, very popular, this terminology floating around right now, and we know it at Martin's. Uh, we, I have a lot of clients that come in, uh, and their doctor has told them, you know, you're a poor methylator and you need this. And so would you please explain the function of methylation and, and what that means in our body? Well, methylation, kind of in a nutshell, is basically a way that we take um, water-soluble nutritional elements like B vitamins and if we actually place a methyl group on them, we can actually make them fat-soluble. Our body is made up of water and fat, mm-hmm. you know, and fat is oil, so water and oil don't mix very well. For, so a vitamin like folic acid or B12, which is a water-soluble vitamin, has no ability to enter an oil-soluble structure unless they convert it in some form or fashion. Now, methylation is just a term that really describes a single carbon atom with a bunch of hydrogen atoms attached to it. But outside of understanding chemistry very well, it's just a way for us to convert uh, certain elements of um, neurotransmitters, vitamins, um, some amino acids into uh, being able to be utilized in different parts of the body that are not water soluble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? I hope I answered your question there. Yeah, well, yeah, and I understand what uh, methylation is, but a lot of people don't. And of course, B12, folic acid, and the ability to metabolize those, I think, is what, you know, what we're seeing with what's called poor methylators. And a lot of this is genetic, isn't it? 
Yeah, there's actually the, the most prominent gene that most people know about is the methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase gene, which is the MTHFR. Mm-hmm. That actually has, um, actually there's 13 known genetic variants of it, but two of them are, are fairly significant. One's called a 1298AC and another one's called a 677CT. Now, depending on these alterations that you have in these genes, they can affect the ability of you to take folic acid from its water-soluble form and convert it into what we call reduced folate, which is uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate. And why that's important is methyl tetrahydrofolate is the only form of folic acid that can be used in the nervous system, the immune system, and mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll continue our interview with Dr. Kendall Stewart after this brief message from our sponsors. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Talk 1370. Welcome back to The Wellness Connection with accurate health information you can trust. Once again, here are Roddy Iglese and Peter McCarthy. Well, welcome back to the Wellness Connection and our fascinating interview with Dr. Kendall Stewart. Dr. Stewart, how can we tell if someone has a methylation deficiency or a neuroimmune disorder? What kind of diagnostics are you using? Well, you know, the diagnostics that I use, because I'm neurologically based, involve tests that really test the nervous system. So we have tests in our office that can actually see inflammation in the nervous system, can actually measure dopamine functionality, and we we do it through reflex testing and checking hair cells of the inner ear and checking balance. But many different, uh, you know, blood tests and uh, genetic testing can actually evaluate this process uh, fairly thoroughly. Probably the most easy to accomplish test is actually from 23andMe, the website that tests your mm-hmm. genetic code. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can now only test your genes, but they can't actually report them to you, so you have to get your test there and then plug it into another website called Genetic Genie. And if you do that for a donation, they'll interpret that genetic information and give you a, a printout of what your genes are. And by taking them to somebody who's qualified to read them, they can tell you exactly what your biochemical uh, processing makeup is, is uh, uh-huh. about. Yeah, so basically, it can it can actually you know distinguish you from other members of your family or from anybody else, and we we get a very good idea of what your genetic makeup is. Now, the complicated fact of methylation is that we also know chemicals can interrupt it. We also know uh, some um, antibodies and autoimmune phenomenon can interrupt the delivery of folic acid and B12 in the body. So it becomes a little more complicated than just seeing your genes. And fortunately, God has given us a method to turn our genes on and off. So many other nutritional factors can be involved in how we express those genes, but in general, what we want to know is, are you a good methylator or are you not a good methylator? Mm -hmm. And if you're not a good methylator, what we need to do is overcome that by putting the right nutritional forms back into you. So in regards to hormones, how important is methylation in regards to that? Well, you know, that's a huge question. First of all, hormones need methylation to even be produced. So we call it steroidogenesis. You know, most hormones that you're talking about, most people, progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, those are steroid hormones. And so we need those hormones. Uh, we need methylation in order to even produce those hormones. Now, from an aspect of what goes on in the cell, let's say a thyroid hormone or a progesterone hormone goes to a cell, 
And once it binds to that cell, it tells that cell to actually carry out or execute a biochemical process. Well, the problem is if you don't have methylation, you can't execute that process. So your hormones can look perfectly normal, but if you have a methylation disorder, you can feel hypothyroid or you can in actuality be hypothyroid or you can be deficient in those hormones. So the problem is when you're methylation deficient, you can't execute what your hormones really want you to do. Wow. Well, you know, that, that's, that's fascinating information. And, you know, at, uh, at the Martin's uh, Pharmacy chain, we see a lot of uh, female clients, and it seems like they are disproportionately uh, having hormone-related issues tied to methylation issues as they get older. Uh, could you shed some light on that? Why does that seem to happen? Well, the people who have methylation disorders also have problems removing toxins from the body a pathway called the glutathione pathway. And unfortunately, we've been asking ourselves for a long time as physicians, why in the world are we seeing so many more hormonal problems in people in general? And the answer more than likely is toxins in the environment. Now, people who have methylation disorders because they don't produce glutathione, which is our chemical cleansing agent for the body, and they don't produce metalloproteins, which help us get rid of heavy metals, uh, they seem to accumulate a burden of these toxins in their body and then get much more severely affected than other people. By reestablishing methylation uh, and being aware of it, we're not only able to make their hormones work better, we're able to make their immune system function better. We're able to make them clear their own toxins more effectively. We're able to help them to reestablish normal function uh, at the cellular level, make their mitochondria work better, and really just get the system back to normal. Now, the reason women tend to get more effective is, unfortunately, women have, you know, five to seven days a month of a lot of inflammation, and that's called your, your, your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And so inflammation uh, creates a lot bigger problem for people in general who have immunological and neurological problems. And fortunately for us men, we don't have that inflammatory flux called your menstrual cycle that uh, tends to give us a little bit more problems in women. And so there are probably many answers related to this question that you asked, but, but a lot of them have to do with the fact that women have a ongoing balance uh, that's necessary in their hormones, and we have so many chemical disruptors in our environment these days that it's, it's really hard to um, create a normal situation in the body for a woman in this, uh, in this environment. Well, we'll be right back with more from our special guest, Dr. Kendall Stewart, after this brief message from our sponsors. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Talk 1370. Welcome back to The Wellness Connection with accurate health information you can trust. Once again, here are Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Welcome back to the Wellness Connection and our continuing conversation with Dr. Kendall Stewart. So, you know, Dr. Stewart, you had mentioned before the break, you know, if you can get this methylation back on track, then you can eliminate some of these. And I'm really curious, um, when dealing with neuroimmune issues, what treatment is available and how do you get that methylation back on track, especially if you have that MTHFR uh, genome? How do you do that? <laughs> well, 
the answer is to have somebody who really knows what they're doing, uh, like a qualified pharmacist or a doctor who's really versed in this issue. Now, the biggest problem with restoring something that's missing in the body, especially from a vitamin or nutritional element, is that God does not use one vitamin for one thing. So methyl tetrahydrofoid is used for 250 different biochemical reactions in the body. Now, with that being said, we also use other vitamins, depending on which uh, biochemical function we're doing, to assist that particular vitamin in doing its job. So basically what I tell my patients is something really simple. God makes recipes rather than just making one vitamin do one thing. Now, the problem is, if you're not an astute biochemist or a professional, you really don't speak that recipe very well. And so what we've been able to accomplish uh, through mostly the neurobiologic supplements is the design that I do is I, I take essentially the vitamins that belong together and put them together into a single source. Now, what happened is a kind of a funny story. Um, my wife asked me to bake a birthday cake for my little daughter. And so, of course, I walked over to the pantry, opened the pantry up, and got a box of cake mix out and dumped it in the bowl <laughs> and mixed it up. And then I realized at that point in time, that's how simple supplementation should be. We should have everything together that belongs together to make it functionally easier for people to, to overcome their problems. So in the neurobiologics line, what we've actually des designed is specific supplements that belong together to un overcome methylation. We've also, by having specific diagnostic tools to tell us how successful we are, we find out that when we're dealing with methylated vitamins, the only truly effective way to, pro to provide them efficiently is either a transdermal lotion or a sublingual um, melt or a, a subcutaneous injection. And so taking it orally when methylated forms are involved, sometimes the liver gets involved because it really doesn't like to let methylated uh, substances pass too well mm. because we really should just absorb most of this methylated vitamins from our food. Mm -hmm. But the liver, because it views methylated forms as potential toxins, it tends to want to remove them. So we found out we weren't near as successful with oral forms as we were with transdermal lotion. But we created a lotion called Neuroimmune Stabilizer, and it's a lotion that combines methyl B12 and hydroxy B12 and methyl tetrahydrofolate and a special form of B6 and vitamin D all together with the proper ratios in order to accomplish the overcoming the methylation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, it sure does, uh, and that's a that's a really great product. Uh, that's something that's very popular with our customers at Martin's. Uh, question that comes up from uh, some of those same customers is: Is methylation insufficiency a permanent condition, or can the body actually become better at methylating ultimately? Well, that's a really hard question. Uh, the answer is more than likely. If it's genetically based, it's a permanent condition. Okay. And basically the way I tell people is if you wind up being low in thyroid, you're probably going to be on thyroid the rest of your life, uh, as we know it today. So the, the problem with methylation, if you've been genetically coded to not produce enough of the methylated vitamins, you're probably going to want to supplement them the rest of your life. Now, there are other forms of methylation uh, interrupters. There's a blocking antibody that's been identified from cow's milk exposure. There is other forms that don't allow folic acid to transport, and those can gradually get better over time. But really, in order to make your, your body, you know, function as well as you want it to, you're probably, if you have a significant 
significant methylation deficiency, you're probably going to want to continue to overcome it throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And how, do, how long does it take to get the body's neuroimmune system functioning properly? Well, you know, the, the immune system essentially can start to return to normal within a month or two. The problem is the nervous system, um, once you start to change it, it takes the body quite a while for it to kind of get used to a, a new environment. So what I like to tell people is imagine that you had a new house and you love it, but you moved in and you're looking at all those boxes and it's really going to take you a while to get them all unpacked, get it in the right place and kind of get used to your new house even if you love it. So. The nervous system tends to take anywhere from uh, four to nine months to kind of overcome or change just because it, the body doesn't like to change it very quickly and likes to make sure the change is permanent. Mm-hmm. What what would be, uh, so the average time frame uh, from what you're saying then is four to nine months for the nervous system to uh, right. to do that or to recover. Um what could cause somebody to uh, perhaps relapse uh, if they were on a protocol and, you know, it looks like they were making progress? What are some of the things that people should be aware of to perhaps avoid in lifestyle or environmental factors to... Right. Well, let me back up now. When I'm talking about overcome a nervous system problem, that's significantly alter the foundation of the problem. When you start methylation, it is not too, it's fairly quickly within a week or two that you'll be able to tell that you feel different, okay? Because you're going to alter your dopamine, you're going to alter your serotonin, you're going to alter the mitochondrial energy. It's kind of like putting good gas in a good car. Now, what typically alters the need of methylated vitamins in our body is, has to do with inflammation. So the major offenders of generating relapse, and we, we define them as triggering events, something that actually creates a lot of inflammation in the body, are typically infections, uh, food sensitivities, allergies, and uh, typically hormonal imbalances or hormonal insufficiencies. Those three situations or, or injury or even stress of life, those things tend to create a quite greater bit of demand on the methylation system because it asks so much more of the nervous system in general. Mm-hmm. I, I saw you, oh, I don't know, several months ago. I was over visiting you and Kara for the pharmacy, and you had given me uh, just a few of the tests that you do in your office. One of mm-hmm. them was a hearing test, and my hearing was um, quite off, actually, and so was my balance. So you asked, and you actually knew nothing about me as far as my history or whatever, and you came in, and it was stunning what you knew just by those two tests. You asked me if I was dyslexic as as a child. Yes. You asked me if I, you know, just all of these various things. Is it is it difficult to be in a conversation with more than three people talking? You know, on and on and on. And I really was fascinated in what you could see from just these two simple tests. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on on how you well the whole I, the whole idea is that um, the principles of neurologic medicine are really that we have a computer which is our brain and then we have these sensory systems our touch and feel our vision and our inner ear that essentially uh, are supposed to work the better and be good programs for our for our computer so if they work together everything's great and our computer works great if these systems start to malfunction or get thrown off or not deliver consistent information 
it makes a consistent set of changes go on in the brain that are fairly easy to predict. It will make our eyes not track as well. It will make our anxiety go up. It, it starts to deplete the brain of some of its neurotransmitters. Uh, we have sleep disruptions. We have hormonal disruptions. And we have kind of a consistent set of disorders that the brain does to try to accommodate to the problem. Mm-hmm. Because we're really, we're really made to be in the woods, to be honest with you. We're not made to live in these nice houses and have all the food we want. We're really meant to be in the woods and there's inherent danger. And so a lot of these syndromes that we deal with, like ADD and ADHD and anxiety and depression, come from the natural compensations that our body um, performs when we're in situations of crisis. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned uh, something in regards to me about uh, retroviruses, and that's how it sort of started at an early age with that what what did you see because this is all obviously this neuroimmune issue is our nervous system as well as our immune and you had said to me that some people from chickenpox or other kinds of uh, retroviruses in their body can affect this right well what happens is the way we we all get exposed to viruses throughout our lives mm-hmm. chickenpox is a perfect example now, that virus will enter our nervous system, and it will actually stay dormant until it sees the immune system not functioning well. So as long as we maintain a normal immune function, that virus will stay dormant and not bother us. Mm-hmm. But if it sees, and these viruses are we're learning that they're extremely clever, that if they see a, a situation where the immune system is not healthy or is out of balance or is under strain, then they will decide to come out and do their thing. And what they do is they cause inflammation. And when you cause inflammation in the nervous system, you're creating a whole set of complexities where your brain is not fed accurate or consistent information, and it's going to lead to all kinds of abnormal syndromes. Mm. So the whole idea is the way we actually cure neuroimmune syndromes is actually feed the body what it needs and let the immune system become normal, was you know, resolve the inflammation and assist the nervous system in having what it needs to recover itself. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. We do thank you, Dr. Stewart, for coming and sharing with us today your expertise. And uh, we are going to hopefully get you back on at another time real soon. And that's all for today uh, on the Wellness Connection, but we will talk to you very, very soon. 